No matter where you are, it's Texas Standard Time on this 13th day of November 2018. I'm David Brown. Wait a minute. Did I say November 13th? Well, let's see. That that makes it one, two, three, 56 days before the start of the next Texas legislative session. And yet, let the record show it's already underway, in a sense. Not only did yesterday mark the first day for Texas lawmakers to begin filing bills for consideration, it was also the official beginning of sorts in an elaborate changing of the guard in the Texas House of Representatives. Joe Strauss, the outgoing speaker who announced at the end of the last session that he would not run, was a Republican who long held a line against more rigidly social conservatives in the Senate, led by one Dan Patrick, the Texas lieutenant governor. And now we are getting a pretty good sense of where Strauss's replacement might come from, as Texas representatives appear to be coalescing around one name in particular. Joining us to talk about all this drama and what happens next, KUT senior editor Ben Philpot. Ben, welcome back to the Texas Standard Studios. Hello. And Texas Tribune's Alex Samuels, who is joining us uh, as well. Alex, uh, welcome to Texas Standard. Happy to be here. So let's begin with this speaker's race before we get to this raft of bills. Alex, uh, turn to you first. What's the play-by-play of how Dennis Bonin became the top choice to replace Strauss? And for those who don't know, who is Dennis Bonin? So Dennis Bonin is a 46-year-old Republican from Angleton, Texas, who spent almost half of his life in the Texas House. Uh, he was a top ally of Strauss uh, and emerged over the past decade as one of the lower chamber's most outspoken members. He would go to bat for the House over high-profile issues like property tax reform and border security. I guess uh, one could say the ball kind of started rolling for Bonin uh, in October. Uh A group of 40 or so Republicans met behind closed doors because the issue at hand was that there were six candidates already in the field to replace Strauss, but none had emerged as the clear frontrunner. And in these Republicans' eyes, Dennis Bonin kind of fit the bill as who could be the next successor for Strauss. But wait a minute. I mean, Ben, I want to bring you in here because... Uh, there were a lot of Democrats added to this uh, august body during the uh, uh, midterm elections, and they wanted a, a seat at the table in making a selection for House Speaker. Is this a done deal? Are they going to get to weigh in here, or is it all about Republicans coalescing around Dennis Bonnet? Well, you know, when when uh, Bonin said on Monday that, that the race was over and that he had won, he said, I've got 109 names so far that are supporting me. And you look down that list, there are Democrats on that list, huh. prominent Democrats within uh, the Texas House. And so I think, you know, this was supposed to be a race where the Republican caucus made its choice first and said, this is the only Republican we're going to support. Now, this was something that a group of much more conservative Republicans thought would be a good way of keeping those rhinos out of the speaker's chair. That's Republicans in name only, which uh-huh. they thought Speaker Strauss was. Um, but, you know, in Bonin's announcement yesterday, he even kind of seemed to circumvent that a little bit because he announced, hey, here I am and here are a bunch of Democrats who are going to support me. And now I've got the majority. So there you go. He seems to be just uh, grabbing the ring here. Uh, Alex, uh, do you see any threat to Bonin's claim? Uh, as, I mean, from from what you've been gathering? Um, as of now, no. It seems uh, pretty much like Bonin has the votes 109, as Ben said, of the 150 members in the chamber. That's well above the 76 votes needed to become the next speaker of the Texas House. Uh, both 
Travis Clardy and Drew Darby, they were the last two Republicans to officially end their speaker bids after Bonin announced he had this list of 109 members. And both said, you know, I've already sent Bonin a congratulatory message and seem to acknowledge that hmm. Bonin is in a position um, to secede Strauss. All right. Well, at this point, I think I need each of you to reach into your pockets and pull out your crystal balls because <laughs> we are about to try to figure out how this might play out in the upcoming legislative session. We take into let's if we can take into account some of the uh, proposals that have already been filed. Take into account the fact that you have the uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick back in the saddle. Um, how do you see this upcoming legislative session playing out, Ben? Uh, let's start with you. Well, I think you know Bonin in the very short press conference that he had yesterday uh, talked a lot about the family of the house and wanting to keep the house together wanting the house to you know think through the ideas that are important to texas specifically saying school finance that's it we are going to finally do something about it during this upcoming legislative session i think that you know he understands that that Republicans, of course, lost you know twelve seats in the House, and he understands that you know while it's not fifty-fifty, it's getting closer than it has been. You mean and in terms of the partisan? In terms of the partisan split, yes, yeah. and and that this was a election that saw the suburbs, you know, leaving Republicans and going to Democrats, and I think it's going to be a session that focuses on those issues that the suburban Texans have been worried about, especially school finance. That could be a way for. Uh, not only to help the state, but mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe bring some Republicans back into the But fold. let's zoom in on some of the particulars. It's my understanding that one of the bills uh, would override Austin's new ordinance, controversial ordinance, certainly among business owners, uh, to provide employees sick leave pay. So what do we make of that and how does that, uh, something like that fare in a Bonin-led house? You know, I think that's kind of a wild card. I mean, I think the quick answer might be it's in the courts and the uh, former speaker, Joe Strauss, has always said, well, this is playing out in the courts. Why should the House bother with it? And so Bonin could certainly take that line. But Bonin could also say, you know, I could see him in based on previous votes and, and things that he has supported saying, yeah, this is not something that cities should be doing. Um, but I think that the first one might be closer. You know, it's in the courts. Let the courts play it out. Alex, how do you see it? And maybe what, what other uh, bits of uh, legislation would you focus on? I mean, given that uh, I believe it's some, more than 400 bills have already been filed now. In regards to the speaker's race, something that's obviously going to be a big thing next year is property tax relief. Um, I know Bonin was a big cheerleader in the House and the main one pushing the property tax legislation, which was often at odds with the proposal that the Senate was pushing forward. So I'm kind of interested to see how that dynamic will play out next year. Yeah, especially if we're talking about school finance reform and he's wanting to put caps on property tax. Well, I, you know, there is one of uh, one of the leading Republicans in the Texas House also has to just make it, you know, muddle it even more, has a uh, constitutional amendment proposal that he's filed already, which would say the state must pay for 50 percent of how much it costs to pay for public schools in the state. Wow. Now, that's something that if passed, um, the the. The belief is that would lower property taxes at the local level because those local ISDs would not have to collect as much tax. And, of course, the school tax is the largest part of your property tax. Bill. Yeah, but where's that revenue going to come from to, to, I mean, to pay for all? I mean, that's, yeah, a, that that's, is, a, that's a pretty big commitment. That's the billion-dollar question. <laughs> yeah, multi-billion-dollar question if you're talking about several years. Uh, Alex, what, what stands out to you in terms of these, uh, these bills that uh, have been filed? 
Well, I'm focused primarily, um, I'm big on the marijuana legislation. So, of course, Joe Moody, again, filed his measure that would make it a civil offense and not a crime to Mm -hmm. be caught with less than an ounce of marijuana. And that was one of several bills filed yesterday about loosening marijuana laws in Texas. What's interesting to me is that while this bill has been filed in in prior sessions, it now has a bit more momentum because both... Uh, Republicans and Democrats in their respective platforms this year said they were in favor of this uh, legislation. So I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Typically, the higher numbered bills are the ones that seem to get the most attention as the as the uh, session moves forward. I'm wondering about some of those higher numbered bills and if a bathroom bill might uh, be making another appearance. Uh, Well, I'll admit that I did not triple check this morning, but I've not seen anything like that so far. However, talking about those higher numbered bills, uh, the speaker and the lieutenant governor both reserve, uh, I think it's 30 on the Senate side, 21 to 20 on the House side. Uh, So you, you know, right now in the House, the first bill filed is number 21. So if there is a bathroom bill out there, and of course, uh, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, has been more interested in passing Mm -hmm. it, um, it would not surprise me if it somewhere somehow falls in that first 30, which will get those uh, either closer to the session or once the session has started. Less than a minute left. But do you see this as another battle between social conservatives and uh, uh, moderates in the House? I mean, is that the way that this is is shaping up uh, for the next legislative session? I think it certainly could be. Again, Dennis Bonin, um, while his own person different from Strauss, he absolutely has not been a fan of the Freedom Caucus, the much more conservative wing of the Republicans in the Texas House, and has then not been a huge fan of the lieutenant governor. Uh, in some of these issues. So it it absolutely could come down to the same way we've seen in the last couple of sessions. Alex, your take? Um, I would have to agree there. Um, What I think was interesting is that after Bonin made his announcement, both Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick came out and congratulated Bonin, both said that they were looking forward to building a close partnership with him moving forward. So I'll be interested to see what their relationship between the big three is like next year. And I think that will focus a lot into whether there's sort of that tension that what that there was last year with Strauss was speaker. The 86th session of the Texas legislature gets underway on January 8th, 2019, formally speaking. KUT senior editor Ben Philpott and Texas Tribune's Alex Samuels will certainly be covering it. Let the games begin. Thank you both for talking with us on the Texas Standard. Thank you. Thank you.